Good morning, ballers. This is Nick Fletcher here of the We Know Ball Pod. Happy Monday is August 7th. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have another one planned ahead. I'm going to start by saying this was the greatest week of all time when it comes to sports news being released across the entire industry as a whole, okay? We have headline after headline. ESPN notification going off left and right. I've been chubbing up day after day with every little do-do-do, do-do-do that I hear. Tweet after tweet. Instagram clips. We have everything happening all this week. Forget the rest of the, the summer, 51 weeks um, of the year. This is the week for sports news. I don't know if I can chub up much longer with these notifications, okay? I've already went from 6 to midnight. The only thing I can do is go to my shower and bust a nut all over the wall, okay? We're going to start things off by saying USA soccer, utter disappointment. We're not mad as a country. We're disappointed. You have to score goals to win the match. We don't even care if you guys um, or if you girls lose. At the end of the day, we want to see some fucking goals, we want to hear the cheering. We want to hear the guy on the radio broadcast going, Go! We get to hear it from Messi instead every single time he scores a goal. He could retire after four matches with Inner Miami and be the best player that team's ever had. He could retire after four matches in the MLS and be the greatest player that's ever played in the MLS. Um, he made his debut July 21st, and he's already scored seven goals in four matches they are 4-0 since he made his debut. Messi, you're the go, dude. You are scoring, you're assisting, you're raising awareness, you are a culture change for Inner Miami. And you know what? Not even just that. You are changing and reshaping how we view soccer and how we root and cheer for soccer across the entire United States as a whole, okay? Across the entire nation, I used to hate soccer. I didn't give two shits about it. I played it when I was a kid. I sucked ass at it. But you know what? You make soccer look cool. You make it look fun. You make it look easy. Unlike the USA women's team, you make soccer fun where I am going to buy my first soccer jersey and it's going to be of you. It's going to be the pink inner Miami messy jersey. I'm doing this because you make it look cool. You are selling tickets, man. You are box office. You are marketing the hell out of USA soccer, um, out of the MLS, I should say. I think soccer might be the one sport where every single country um, is diehard fans, plays it. It's the number one sport there, except for the US. Well, guess what? Soccer is climbing the rankings. It's climbing the ladders. It's going to be a top four sport here within no time, all because Messi, Messi is the GOAT, the certified GOAT. Put it in an envelope, stamp it, and send it out to every motherfucker in the world. He is the best in the world, in the United States, in Argentina, anywhere. Thank you, Messi, for making soccer look cool, unlike the USA women's team. Boxing is in. It's trendy. It's cool. Thanks to Jake Paul and Nate Diaz going head-to-toe last night in some fantastic Sunday night entertainment. Something fantastic to go to bed to, something to end the weekend with, to start the new week with. It was great overall. Would have been a hell of a lot better now if it was not in Dallas, Texas, and it was in Las Vegas, where you can get ass and titties for the same price tag, right? Uh, What makes a man more happy than money, than a million dollars? Ass and titties in their face every single block. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet in Vegas. So that would have been a hell of a lot more cool or entertaining. Other than that, we had Jake Paul delivering haymakers after haymaker in round one. I thought Nate Diaz, I thought it was over for him after the first round. 
maybe he could go two, three, four rounds, but I thought it was over. Um, at the end of the day, he went all 10 rounds. They both went all 10 rounds, tired as hell. Clearly, Nate Diaz way more exhausted and out of breath than uh, Jake Paul. Um, but they went head to toe, and all said and done, Jake Paul ended up winning this. I mean, it's we all knew it was going to happen. He was minus 400 on the books, minus 400 odds to start. Uh, he won this match well, well, well before this fight even started. Before that bell went off, he won this match. And the reason why is he flexed nuts on Nate Diaz when he rolled up. And not a Lamborghini, not a Porsche, not some baller-ass muscle car. He rolled up in a fucking tank. He rolled up to the match in a tank. That alone, if I was Nate Diaz, I would have waved my white flag. Yeah, all right, this guy won. I, I, how, how the hell you beat that? Only way you can beat that is if you fly an F1 fighter jet in or parachute from one. That's it. But um, Jake Paul ended up winning both before the match started and after. He ends up going 7-1. Nate Diaz, props to him. I say props to him. He's 0-1. But the best part about the ending of this fight is not only the victory, it's um, not only is it how Nate Diaz was so, 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 so comforting and so supportive of Jake Paul's career, his trajectory, his accomplishments. Not only that, it's the fact that we will get a second fight. We're going to get a second match. They agreed upon it. Um, Whether it's boxing or in the octagon, there will be a second fight. Jake Paul offered Nate Diaz $10 million for another fight in the octagon. Now, Nate Diaz kind of redirected or kind of deflected um, on the octagon, said he was more down for a second boxing match. Later, he ended up kind of partially agreeing to it. But regardless, we will get a second fight. And this will be the only pay-per-view match or game or fight that I pay for with my own money. I stream everything. I will never pay a dime for these pay-per-view fights. But this, if it's in the octagon, Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, the octagon, I will pay 50, 60, 80, 100, 121, whatever the price tag is. I'm paying that to watch this fight. Um, the other thing I would love to, to pay for are baseball tickets to White Sox and Cleveland Guardians game after the brawl. Okay, we had a ball hit to outfield. Um, Jose Ramirez came round and first, slid into second. And for some reason, I watched the video. You can watch it yourself and tell me what you think. YouTube, ESPN clip, whatever. Some reason, Jose and Tim Anderson got into it. I don't know what was said, what was done. It's hard to tell. Must have been some verbal conflict there. Um, But Jose ended up poking or pushing away Tim, his face with his finger. And in return, Tim Anderson immediately dropped his mitt, squared up, And they started throwing haymakers at each other. All said and done, Jose delivered a fucking shot to Tim Anderson's face where he fell down. Uh, Looked like he might have blacked out for a second or knocked his ass out. This was in the boxing ring. Oh, buddy, that bell's going off. Ding, ding, ding. Fight is over because Tim Anderson got reefed. He got rocked. Um, Sox ended up winning 7-4, and this was I would say this was the best baseball fight or brawl since Batista and Odor last year, about a year ago. This was the best brawl since then. And most of the time when you watch baseball, you get a notification that says, brawl alert, or watch now as a brawl happened between this team and this team. You click on it, it's 
it's all clickbait. It's not really a brawl. It's a couple pushing and shoving. Bench is clear. Nothing happens. Just a bunch of sissies bitching at each other for a, for a ball that went too far over the plate or too outside. Um, nothing really good does not classify as a brawl. This, on the other hand, this was some good entertainment for baseball. Um, another thing. We have probably the biggest news across all collegiate sports. We have... We already knew that UCLA, USC joined the Big Ten, right? That's old news. They're launching that season. Those games went next week. Um, but we also had, over this week, Oregon and Washington leave the Pac-12's ass for the Big Ten. Not only that, not only that, we had Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona leave the Pac-12 for the Big 12. Colorado Buffs already did it, right? They already did it, uh, which I'm a little sad that the Buffs did it, but at the same time, I'm happy. The only reason why I'm sad is what happens with the Mile High Showdown against CSU. I like the Buffs. I like watching those games. Um, anytime we can deliver deliver an L to those grass feeders up in Fort Collins, win-loss column, I'm a fan of, okay? But we had all of that happening over the course of, like, what was it? I think back-to-back days, maybe there was a day in between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know. But the Pac-12, they're dead. They are getting jerked off with sandpaper right now, right? The Big Ten and the Big 12 are those foreign boys your girlfriends tell you not to worry about when she's over on abroad in Spain, uh, Italy, or France, wherever the hell she is. They tell you not to worry. He's only a friend. And... What's happening? She's getting all fucking finger banged by saucy noodle fingers over there, right? That's what's happening in the Pac-12. Um, they are getting fucked. They're dead. The only four teams that are left in the Pac-4 now are Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, Utah State. We know, I'm sorry, Washington State. We know Washington State and Oregon State are going to join the Big Ten. It's a matter of time. It's going to happen. Uh, the reason why in-state rivalry it will happen. The only questions left is what happens with Cal and Stanford? Do they go to the Big 12? Do they go to the Big 10? Nobody knows. It's kind of a coin flip. But they're not going to be the Pac-4. Pac I'm going to call them Pac-4 because they're no longer the 12. They're dead. They can try recruiting other schools to join them, but it, it's done. It's dead. It was hard enough to watch a Colorado Buffs game or a Pac-12 game or UFC game as is right? Uh, last season, season before that, but now their TV deal's done. It's expired. They don't have another one, another contract in works. How the hell are you going to watch the games? You can't even stream the motherfuckers, dude. So they're dead. Their conference is done. They're making all the right, the wrong moves, um, making the right moves in the wrong direction. But that's what happened in the collegiate sports. And I love it. Some people, some fans of the Pac-12, uh, I guess if you're a Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, or Washington State fan, you might not be too thrilled. But if you're one of the other teams in the Big Ten or Big 12, now you are ecstatic. Can you imagine the games and the matchups every single week, right? The media coverage, the marketing, the shit talking, the rivalries, the hazing, all of that shit that's going to go on um, every single game every single week. Every game, every week has playoff implications as if they didn't already, but it's going to be the playoff atmosphere, atmosphere feel every game, every week, every city in the Big Ten and Big 12. I am ecstatic for that. And think about this too. Not only the games itself, right? So it's no longer going to be just 
the Georgia versus Bama hype build up. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, or Georgia and whoever, or Alabama, Auburn. That those aren't just the big games anymore. It's every fucking game. Can you imagine? Imagine, visualize this. UCLA blue, those jerseys, right? The UCLA blue jerseys and a Michigan Spartan green jersey, both playing each other on the same field. Imagine how weird but fucking cool that's going to be. I'm hyped about it. I love the Big Ten. I'm Michigan State diehard fan. Fuck you, Blue. Um, So I am thrilled for more competition, just elite game after elite game. I cannot wait for this. So RIP to the Pac-4. You guys are dead. You are done. That about sums it up for sports news over the week. Anthony Davis, he... he, um, he got a bag with the Lakers, whatever that deal was, 184 or 200 and something million extension, whatever that was, don't care too much to really talk about it. Um, I'd say the last thing that happened over the course of the week, we had the Damian Lillard or Dame Time trade talks heat up with the Blazers and Heat. Those seem to have died down. I don't think it's going to happen. It would be cool for the Heat. My brother, he's a diehard Miami Heat fan, so he's rooting for it to happen, but I think that's dead. And if they, here's a question though, if the Heat were able to pull this trade off, they would have to leverage all of their draft picks, all of their young talent, and they have some good talent, they would have to leverage all of that for one player, just one player. Can one player really bring you to the NBA championship, just the addition of Dame Lillard? He's great, he's my favorite player, and I'm a diehard Nuggets fan, but would the Heat and could the Heat win an NBA championship if they leverage their entire future for Damian Lillard, for one player. Could they do it? They've already lost Struess and Gabe Vincent. Um, if they made this trade happen, I'm, a, I'm sure that Tyler Hero would be in there, a couple other young bucks in there. So I want to know, do you think the Miami Heat could pull it off? Really, the only competition out of the East is what, Boston Celtics. Some could argue the Philadelphia 76ers season after season, but they tend to choke season after season. That's really all you have. But I don't think it would be, I don't think it would still be enough to win the big one, especially against your reigning champs, Denver Nuggets. Let's go. Um, I don't even think they'd be able to win to beat the Dallas Mavericks in a game seven series or NBA championship game seven series. Um, I don't think they'd even beat the Memphis Grizzlies if they leverage all of their young youth and talent. Um, but it seems like that's that's a later topic of discussion since the trade talks kind of cooled off and died down. We'll, we'll keep you in the loop, see if it actually happens, if the trigger's pulled on that. Um, part of me is rooting for it, but we'll see. Thank you for tuning in to the We Know Ball Pod. This is your host, Nick Fletcher. You guys take care and ball out.